The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's got some pasta and meatballs working here with a little I, Parmesan I, on it. What do we got going here? I'm doing it, baby. Oh, baby. Hey, life isn't worth Woo! living unless you can have some fun <laughs> once in a while. And I did it, and thank you, New York Jets. I am now a Jets fan, in addition to being a Vikings fan and a Steelers fan and a fan of whoever is playing the Cowboys. I'm just kidding about the last part. (laughs) Jets got it done for me. I went all in. Chips in the middle of the table. Chris had the Eagles given seven as one of his best bets. I had the Jets winning straight up as one of mine, and the Jets somehow, some way shocked the world man and won the game that was last week can i get one of those i feel like you've had three or four of these this year where it's like the team you got is like i i do go on a limb you go you go on a limb and and the team they're about to get their ass whooped and somehow they hang in there and all of a sudden you get a win it's time for that shit to change and turn in my favor hey hey you could have picked the Browns to beat the 49ers last week. You could pick the Vikings to beat the 49ers this week that, if you're feeling That's frisky. your team. You do it. <laughs> All right. So I am clinging to a very slim lead straight up. You're building your lead against the spread. I don't care about the spread. I have a half-game lead in the best bets. We disagreed on four games last week, and I was very nervous about all four of them. Very nervous. Fortunately, Washington came through for me against the Falcons, and the Jets came through against the Eagles because I foolishly thought the Colts would beat the Jaguars and that the Bucks would beat the Lions, and they both got their asses kicked. Oh, I just, yeah. I forgot about the Falcons one, too. That's another one. Man, that that hurt, Uh, you know. Kind of controlled the game, and you know that'll be the big story this week, right? I mean, we'll talk about that. Desmond Ritter, can he throw the ball? I mean, we've seen only one game this year where he's thrown the ball worth a damn. Uh, if that doesn't improve, uh, I don't know what to think of them. But, man, that one hurt, too. That hurt, too. And I, I, I don't know. There's something about this bets bets with your 8, 9, and 1. Like, there's no tie in best bets. It's just like, did you win money? No. Then you fucking lost. I don't know. That's you get your money back. <laughs> you didn't you win. You get your money you didn't back. Win. It hit, and you didn't lose. The, you get your money back. I hit the it spread hit like 40 times last year and didn't get a win or a tie for it, I feel like. I don't know. It just seems questionable. I don't know about it. It just I don't know. It should be allowed. Okay. Are you done? I'm done. Can we go on? Yeah. Every week this season, you can play along and beat us. DraftKings has set up the free 1K Florio and Sims pick and pool. Pick every game against the spread for a chance at a $1,000 prize pool every week. Download the DraftKings app, click on the pools tab, and enter the free $1,000 Florio and Sims pick and pool to make your picks or visit DraftKings.com slash pools. And just like us, you must enter all of your picks before kickoff of the Thursday night game. 35,000 entries again last week, which means roughly 34,500 did better than us. Although we were 10 and 5. It was a crazy fucking week. Pardon me. 
but it really was. To go 10-5 and five straight up after all the weird shit that happened last week, I'll take that any week of the year, Chris. I hear that. It was. It was a weird week. It was a defensive week, right? I mean, it was kind of like an underwhelming week altogether, uh, but, you know, hey, it, it was. We got some good matchups this week. This should be good, too. I, I just looked at the, some of the spreads here. And uh, it's going to be tough to pick, you know, best bets again. We kind of got a run going on that. So hopefully we can continue to stay hot in that department. One of the things I've realized, and this may be wishful thinking on my part because I want exciting games. One of the things we need to do is kind of pull back on our scores because we're picking overs a lot, whether we realize it or not. And last week, a lot of unders, a lot of low scoring games, a lot of defense showing up. A lot of games like the 70s, man, not games like I want to see 34-31, more like 14-10 type stuff. So we got to factor that into our picks. At least I've factored that into the scores I've selected. All right, let's get it started. Thursday night football, Jaguars at the Saints. We don't currently know, as we are taping this, whether or not Trevor Lawrence will play. He's questionable with a knee injury that he suffered late in Sunday's win over the Colts. Got his knee twisted around with a gator roll tackle. Clean legal play, but Lawrence may not play. A lot of other injuries we talked about. Uh Uh-oh, breaking news. Report. What? What? Keep going. What's the report? There's breaking news. Oh, Jamal Williams will play. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me something I didn't know about Trevor Lawrence. I already knew about Jamal Williams. Okay. So, we don't know about Trevor Lawrence. Jamal Williams is expected to play for the Saints. It's not exactly breaking. It came out about 15 minutes ago. So, that's news to me. Anyway. Chris, it's time to make our picks for tonight's game. We get the week started. It always feels better to get the week started by getting the Thursday night game right. Will you get the Thursday night game right? It's a huge thing. I mean, listen, if Trevor Lawrence plays, I'm going with the Jaguars, right? You know, and I'm going to pick the Jaguars, and I know that. If he doesn't play, you know, I'd I'll state it here. I would probably would pick the Saints to win a close football game, like by one point, two points, something like that. But I look at the Jaguars one. I think their defense is on an upward trajectory. You don't find a lot of spots on their defense where you don't go, wow, it's a pretty talented group there. It hurts that they don't have Tyson Campbell, their corner, playing tonight. He's out with a hamstring, and yet it's a big deal. He's one of the best man-to-man corners in, cover- in all of football. So he is a guy that you know they'll match up with a guy and play zone in the other part of the field. You know, he's that special. So uh, that does hurt a little bit, but I'm, I'm too much of a believer in the Jaguars' defense and still have a lot of questions about the Saints' offense. You know, As we saw even last week, yeah, there were some numbers put up and whatever else, but it doesn't usually translate to points on the board. That's the big thing. Move the ball between the 30s. Whoop-dee-doo. You got to get it in the end zone. And the offense is a little too basic for me. The Saints defense now, it is damn, it's damn good. There's no doubt. You know, they really are. They're another defense like the Jaguars, good at all levels here. You know, statistically, they're ranked higher than the Jaguars defense. But I think the, the Jaguars offense has kind of got it going, too, on that side of the ball, like the defense. I think the Jaguars are a team right now that's kind of coming together. If Trevor Lawrence plays, I know he won't be 100% with his mobility, but that between the balance they have on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they can run it with ATN. And usually when a team can run a little bit, the Saints have a tendency to kind of overplay the run, in my opinion, and that can lead, of course, to some plays downfield. So as we sit here, I'm picking it like Trevor Lawrence is going to gut through this and play. I know he won't be at 100%. I'm going to take them 21-16. to 16. 
And, you know, that's the difference between the Trevor Lawrence injury and the Deshaun Watson injury. If you can't throw, you can't play. Right. If you can't move, you can work with that. Right. You can be in shotgun. You can get rid of the football more quickly. You can protect your knee. You can, if you stay in the pocket, because remember, he was out of the pocket when he took that hit. Yeah. It's legal to hit a guy low outside the pocket when he decides to scramble. If you never leave the pocket, they can't touch you. Now, they can. They just get penalized for it. But you have a level of safety if you stay in the pocket. You stay in the pocket. You get rid of the football. You make your decisions quickly. You process. I think he's going to want to play. Primetime game. Opportunity for people to see what the Jaguars are all about as they're surging to 4-2. and two. I think he plays. I think they win 23-20. I just don't have – and I've been wrong about the Saints every week. I pick them to lose and they win. I pick them to win and they lose. I mean, Derek Carr still, I don't know if he's banged up or what. There was that great catch Rashid Shahid had. We had that on, oh, what a catch yesterday on PFT yeah. Live. He was open by 10 yards, and Derek Carr ridiculously underthrew the pass. I mean, Carr is not among the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. He just isn't. And I don't know, against a team like the Jaguars and yeah. a defense like the Jaguars, right. if both of his tackles are out, right. we didn't hit I don't that. know that yeah. he can get it done. Yeah. I don't know that he can get it done against that defense, even if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play. No, I, I hear that point. That that would be scary, and good for you for bringing that up. I know we hit that on PFT today and didn't bring it up there. You're right. That's a huge thing. Jags can rush the passer, and they got a very talented front. And to your point, too, like kind of the same thing on the defensive side of the ball with the Saints where I look at them and go, I know they're good, statistically they're good, they're well coached. I'm not sure how good they are. I, I know I can't remember what they're ranked right now. They're the number five ranked defense in football. But what I say is because they played some really bad offenses. I mean, if you could pick the worst offenses in the NFL and play against them, they've played against them. You know, the Patriots, okay, the Packers, the Carolina Panthers, the Tennessee Titans. I mean, most people would – if you talked about those four off – and then the Buccaneers who certainly aren't lighting up the scoreboard, if you talked to most people around the league, they'd go, oh, those are kind of the worst offenses in the game. So I'm interested to see and measure this Saints defense a little bit tonight against a more talented crew in Jacksonville. Yeah, so uh, 23-20 is my score. 21-16 is your score. The Saints are a one-point favorite primarily, presumably, because, number one, they're at home, loud, raucous environment. Number two, we don't know what's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. You and I both think he will find a way to play. Sunday, early game, and for the first time in, what, three straight weeks, we don't have a 9.30 a.m. game. There are a couple of those coming up in November when the NFL goes to Germany for two games. This week, we'll start at 1 o'clock Eastern. Lions at the Ravens. One of the great games of the day. On a thin schedule with only 13 games, this is one of the ones that stands out, especially in the early window. The Lions 5-1, and one, still looking for respect. This is a great way to get even more respect. You go into Baltimore and you beat a Ravens team that, that just seems to just randomly shoot itself in the foot. Yeah, right. Like, even right. last week, yeah. when they were dominating the Titans, all of a sudden the Titans are back in it. It's like, come on, Ravens, you got to slam the door on some of these teams. you got to stand up and show us you're capable of putting it together for 60 minutes and kicking the crap out of teams because when it's clicking, it's clicking well for the Ravens. So will it click for the Ravens with Detroit coming to town on Sunday? Well, they certainly will, will have the Ravens' attention, right? And, and I hear what you're saying about the Ravens. But to me, like, 
You know, we know the Lions. I said it last week on on Football Night in America. It's like forget that we're out of the oh the Lions are a playoff team. This is fun. The Lions have proven that they can go to the Super Bowl in my eyes through six weeks. The way they look, they are in the same tier as the 49ers and the Eagles. The, I would put them there in the upper echelons of the NFC there. And then you got, you know, the Cowboys and the Seahawks and some other teams that I'm probably missing off the top of my head there. But either way, I mean, there's a lot to be impressed with, with, with both of these football teams. When I look at the Ravens, kind of to your point, when they play their best, you go, man, that, that team right there is as good as any team in football. Like, like you said, now they got to you know work on red zone offense and getting in the end zone, and they made mistakes against Pittsburgh, like you said, and all that. But they have moments, like you said, where you look at it and you go, man, this is some high quality football. I think on the road in Baltimore, right? This is one of the best defenses in football in the Ravens, and I know this is one of the best offenses in football with the Detroit Lions. I'm excited for that matchup. But uh, you know, it, it's one where I go, man, the Ravens, all the big people they got up front. You know, I think they can slow that run game down, and they're always creative in the secondary. I think the other side of the ball, I look at it and go, man, the Lions can really stop the run, right? Number one run-stopping uh, defense in football. But the Ravens are a different animal when it comes to running the ball. And here's another thing that I'll throw out to you. I kind of said this on my podcast last week. The Lions are kind of a go-all-in on certain things, Mike, where what I mean by if you get in a running set – they go like, we're going all in to stop the run then. And they kind of like, I look at film of them at times and go, somebody's got to take some shots on them. You can't let them get away with, hey, it's third and four, and they'll play a defense that goes, you're not going to throw for five or six yards to get the first down. You're going to have to do something down the field. I think the Ravens are the kind of team that have the guts to do that where they'll go, you know what, third and three or four, they want to crowd the line of scrimmage like that, we'll do a little play action or some tricky play and throw a bomb over your heads if you guys want to worry about stopping the run. I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one, realizing that, hey, they can't go to four and three. They're at home. Good. 24-20, motherfucking Ravens. Let's go. <laughs> Man. Boy, you jump off the Lions bandwagon very, very quickly. You were all in. You were roaring like a motherfucker it's, last this week. Is a tough, this is a tough one here. This is a very close football game. I've learned my lesson the hard way. And the moment for me was the long touchdown throw from Jared Goff to Jamison Wood. Uh-huh. I made that comparison on Monday to the 98 Vikings. And when you see Jamison Williams, number one, get open, Number two, adjust his body. Number three, make the catch. And, and I know that, like, from time to time, I'll say George Pickens has some Randy Moss in him. Jamison Williams has some Randy Moss in him. Yeah. I'm looking for another Randy Moss because you. the NFL is a hell of a lot more exciting when there's a Randy Moss in it. Right. And Jamison Williams gives the Lions that deep threat. And with Ben Johnson's creativity at offensive coordinator for the Lions, you use that. You feature that. You scheme for that. We talk about so many teams that have great weapons on offense, and they don't scheme for their great weapons. Now that Jamison Williams is back and the rust is clearly knocked off, remember he had that suspension. It was supposed to be six games. Ended yep. up being four games after they redid the gambling policy and the first offense now for betting on other sports while at work dropped to four, so he got to come back. Great. Great for him. Great for the Lions. Between Amon Ross St. Brown 
Jamison Williams, Jared Goff playing at a high level. We'll see what he does in the playoffs once they get there. That's a different issue. For now, this is a team, and this is just the kind of game, confidence builder, going to a tough environment, great simulation of what it's going to be like in January if they have to go to Philly, if they have to go to Dallas, if they have to go to San Francisco. Go into an opponent's place and win the game. 20 to 17, it's going to be close. It's going to be hard fought. But I believe all those Lions fans out there, oh, you're just a hater. I wanted to see it before I would believe it. I've seen enough. I believe the Lions are going to roar, and I want to see that ball in the air from Jared Goff to Jamison Williams for a long touchdown, just like we saw last week. Yeah, 20 to 17. He is special, and he definitely adds a different dynamic to their offense that they did not have. You know, yeah, I think you heard me say last week when we did the pick spot, I kind of said, man, Jamison Williams, and the week before that, he was open. And Jared Goff is, probably went back and went, damn, I got to give this guy a little time down the field because if he's even, he's leaving. He could be a special weapon for their team. Be interesting. This is really, you know, other than our Sunday night football game, Eagles-Dolphins, this is uh, the second best game of the week. This next game is not one of the top five games <laughs> no, of the week not. or top 10 or maybe top 13. I guess it's top 13 because there's only 13. Raiders at the Bears. By all appearances, Aiden O'Connell versus Tyson Bagent. O'Connell, rookie. Bagent, rookie. Starters, injured. Raiders favored by three. Raiders at three and three. Very much alive, somehow, in the chase for one of the last playoff spots in the AFC over under merely 37.5. Chris, who do you like in this one? This one is just close your eyes and throw a dart in yeah, my mind. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It, it's, it's a tough one here. I, I, you know, I, I'm going to go with the team that, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I just I feel a little bit more comfortable with where they're at, how they execute on both sides of the ball. The Bears, of course, have been, you know, better here as of late, right? I mean, should have beat the Broncos, really. Had an impressive performance against Washington, no doubt. Uh, last week, yeah, it wasn't as good, of course, but the Justin Field injury certainly it was a big part in that. I just look at it and go, man, first start for a guy like Tyson Bajan, who I know has some talent for sure. He does. Uh, but this Raiders defense is pretty good. They're well coached. I, I think they can make life a little bit hard on them. They're not, I would be shocked. They're not going to let DJ Moore go off on them. And Aiden O'Connell's played a little bit. This Bears defense is not very good. Uh, because of that, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. You know, on the road here, it ain't going to be pretty like you said, but I'm going to go 17-13 Raiders. I got 20-17 to Raiders. No, so I got 17-13 as well. Holy shit. <laughs> we haven't done this for a while. I, know. I do have 17-13. I was looking at my Lions score. Raiders 17-13. Who really knows what's going to happen? Aiden O'Connell played well in that loss to the Chargers. He's already got some experience, yep. more than Bajent. Yep. And Bajent, you know, he, he had a couple of turnovers last week. He got thrust into the fray. It'll be interesting to see how he plays with a full week of preparation. And yeah. it's far more likely he's going to play than O'Connell's going to play. There's still a chance Garoppolo plays, but it looks fairly slim at this point. So we both have the Raiders 17-13 and moving to 4-3, and three, which is one of the surprises of the season. Another surprise, the Browns' defense, dominant, off the charts, 1,002 yards allowed in five games. That is the third fewest in league history, the fewest since 1971, back when it really was three yards and a cloud of dust and the offensive passing game wasn't what it is now. Do the Browns keep it up? And this is another 
potential battle of backup quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson doesn't know whether or not he's going to play. Anthony Richardson already out for the year. Could be P.J. Walker against Gardner Minshew. Colts at home. Colts are 3-3. Three and three. Browns are favored by 2.5. Chris, who do you like? Well, yeah, I'm picking the game as if Deshaun Watson's not playing. I mean, of course, if he's playing, that's a big boost to the Browns. I'm going to pick the Browns to win no matter what. I am. Now, I, I don't – without Deshaun Watson, yeah, I think it's going to be incredibly close. I do. Uh, listen, Gardner Minshew, I think he got a little bit into his homecoming last week. You know, I'm going to show my white trash brethren down in Jacksonville that I'm still the white trashiest of the white trashiest and I'm going to ball out. I think he got a little loose with the football. Right, and I'm having fun with that because he said he had the right mix of white he trash. He said it. I know, right. He I'm said that's to... why they love him Good. in Jacksonville. We're not calling anybody white exactly. trash. We're exactly. calling back to his comment to us. They love him in Jacksonville because right. he has just the right amount of white exactly trash. Right. In him. That's that's the only reason Chris said it. Thank you, We're counselor. not calling anybody white trash. Thank you, counselor. You're welcome. Thank you, counselor. Well, I, I, yes, so, uh, but either way, that Browns defense, real, like you said. Colts defense, not as, not as good as I expected it to be the start of the year. And, and the Browns can still run the football. And as we saw last week, Amari Cooper's still a weapon on the outside over there. So you got to worry about him. Uh, I, I just think this is going to kind of be an ugly football game where the Browns will play through their defense and run game. I think the Colts are going to be motivated that they stunk last week. They usually are better at home, you know, in their little dome there. Uh, but I'm still – I just think the Browns are going to ride a wave of momentum and their defense is too special. I'm going to go 17-14 Browns. I've got 13-6 Browns just because I see them throttling the Colts. I think the idea that they are on a historic pace, they're really, I think, feeding into that. The defense is swarming. They have more confidence. And I think it's going to start to work on the psyche of the opposing offense. And there's a physicality that the Browns have. Now, look, will there be a letdown after last week? Was it That's maybe a little worry too about. physical against the 49ers? Yeah, right. right. That's one possibility. But I just think – you know what, as I'm saying this, it's like watch the Colts win this damn game. But I'm sticking with my original pick, my original instinct, my original pasta and meatballs. Browns win, Browns cover, 13-6. I'm sticking with it, even though I'm starting to second-guess it. There's no room for second-guessing. Well, Just switch it. Go it ahead. Switch right. it then. Go ahead. No, I'm not switch switching. It. I'm, sticking. Switch it. I'm sticking with it. Now, I, I, listen, I hear All your right. point there. I thought about that, too. I, I, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be a little bit more like Cleveland's going to go – like, you know, chest out and be like, damn, we're good and we're coming like the defense. I think it's actually going to be a building block. They're they're still healthy. Nobody got beat up from the game last week. You know, they've rested some players just because it's day of rest and they're a little older. I think it's going to be more of like a culture grooming good thing than a, oh, you know, hey, we're awesome. And then now we don't even have to worry about the Colts. You know, I'm not one of these folks that says every game should be played outdoors, but this just feels like it should be open air, crappy weather, wind and rain, old school NFL films, Colts and yeah, Browns. It I just hear feels you. like that's what it should be, yep. but unfortunately they'll be indoors at Lucas Oil Stadium. On and by the way, 84% of the spread money is on the Browns in this one, according to DraftKings. So a lot of people believing in the Browns now. They just need to show some consistency. That's the key consistency string some wins together because with that defense they should not be three and two they should be four and one or five and oh with that kind of a defense in today's nfl all right bills at the patriots bills favored by nine patriots reeling at one and five mac jones still the starter for some reason 
Malik Cunningham may or may not be the backup. We'll see what they do this week. He got six snaps overall at various positions last week. Over under a 41. Biggest spread of the week is the Bills giving nine at New England. Patriots desperately need a win. Desperately need to avoid being embarrassed again at home. What do you think happens in this one, Chris? Uh, the quarterback thing to me in itself is is head scratching with New England. Like, why do they not have a better backup? What, what were they doing? I mean, it's not as egregious as like the offensive coordinators last year, but like, what are they thinking? I, I just don't even understand it. I mean, Bailey Zappi, they cut him. Malik Cunningham played wide receiver all at training camp until they were like, damn, we're so bad at quarterback. Let's try him out at quarterback. I mean, that that's what we're going with there. I mean, I, I just don't understand what the hell is going on in New England. And I don't know if they understand what the hell is going on in New England. It's pretty unbelievable we're even saying that. It really is. Uh, the Bills, I still worry about their offense. I do. You know, as we've seen, it's two weeks in a row where teams just went all in on don't let Josh Allen throw bombs down the field and don't let him run around and make magic like that. And all of a sudden, the Bills don't have much of an offense. You know, are, can they figure out a way to be patient and have a real run game or have a surgical short passing game? They have nothing other than Allen and Diggs, Allen and Diggs, Allen and Diggs, Diggs and Allen. It's all they do. That's all they do. Now, the Patriots defense is good, but I don't think they're good enough to really stop that even. I, I don't. So, of course, I think the Bills and Josh Allen will have their way, especially without a Matthew Judon. I don't care what Bill cooks up, coaching, whatever. You know, his team's not even talented enough to contain Josh Allen when he does some of that stuff. So that's where I'd worry about that. You know, on the other side of the ball, um, this just in. The Patriots offense fucking sucks, okay? So how could you pick them for anything, all right? So I'm picking the Bills, 28 to 17. <laughs> the ticker tape is coming out of the machine. The Patriots offense fucking sucks. Yeah, hey, look, th this is a disaster for the Patriots, and we don't know where the bottom is. Right. They made it interesting in Las Vegas last week, but they still lost. They can't buy a win. They could be winless. I mean, that ball's bouncing around in the end zone on the Hail Mary. It hits Garrett Wilson's shoulder. Randall Cobb has a crack at it. The Patriots could be 0-6 right now. And I have them at 32 again in the power rankings, even though the Panthers are 0-6, because the Patriots have just been embarrassed too many times. And they seem lifeless and listless. And but for Bill Belichick, these games would be even worse than they are. This is one where the Bills aren't going to shed any tears. The Bills are going to have a chance to step on the throats and deliver the death blow to the Patriots. They relish this. They love this. And the Bills got a wake-up call last week without losing. They lost to the Jaguars, came home, had everything they could handle from the Giants, somehow snuck out with a victory, and it gives Sean McDermott enough to really get after him this week to try to find that magic they had when they had the three straight games where they looked like they were truly dominant again those three in a row where they were kicking the crap out of everybody, I think they're going to kick the crap out of the Patriots. I think it's going to be a You're long day. You're going big, huh? New England fans. I'm going big. I'm going 40 to – let me make sure I got this right. 40 to 17, I think, is what – 40 to 14. I got to get it right. 40 to 14 is my prediction for this one. I think the Bills will show no mercy and take no prisoners and do everything they can to grease the skids toward the inevitable divorce between Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. And 40 to 14 is going to be the next data point. And 14 may be too generous for the Patriots, frankly.
Yeah, I, I I don't know what to expect from them. You're right. And it's, it's you know, a little bit like you said with the Bills, too. I don't know what to quite expect from them all the way either, but we know that they're in another class compared to the Patriots right now. I expect them to handle their business like you. Commanders at the Giants. The Giants showed some life unexpectedly on Sunday night football against the Bills. The Commanders got the win at Atlanta when they were underdogs. They're now favorites this week by two and a half points as they take on the Giants for the first time this season. Tends to be close, hard-fought games between these two rivals. This one was a tough one for me. Over under of 39, Chris, who do you like? Yeah, it's a tough one. It really is. You know, Washington, we know, yes, three wins. Giants, one win. Yes, okay. You know, Washington, you always hear me talk about you know, the potential, the potential, the potential, the potential. I'm sick of talking about the potential. It ain't happening. Yeah, I mean, they're not doing a good job. They're not doing a good job coaching the defense. I mean, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio should be embarrassed. Uh, I, you know, they really haven't played. They played the Eagles as far as a good football game this year. You look at every other game and you kind of go, eh, it wasn't that great. Week one against Arizona, eh. Denver, if it isn't for the Russell Wilson mistakes, I think they're going to lose that game. Bills got stomped. Bears got stomped. I mean, I don't. If it isn't for Desmond Ritter and just stupid throw after stupid throw last week, I think they're going to lose that football game. I, I'm just kind of sick of like waiting for it to turn around. I think they are what they are now, and I think the Giants' defense, as you saw last week, like you've heard me say a bunch already this year, it's real. I, Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, I think this is a Washington defense that's not good enough to even expose that bad Giants offense. I think last week will be a little more of a momentum builder for a Giants, a little confidence builder. I'm going with the G-men. At home, 1 p.m., Washington's going to think they're rolling in. We're better than the Giants. That G-men crowd will be ready. I'm going to take them 20-17. to 17. You know, I agree with you just simply because when you get to this stage of the season, you look at what the Giants have been. They're not quite as pathetic as the record would suggest. Now, the offensive line has been pathetic, but yeah. it improved. We have to give credit, just like we gave credit to the Jets for their near miss against the Chiefs. You got to give the Giants some credit for their near miss against the Bills. You take it and you build on it. And you have a team coming in that isn't nearly as potent as the Bills. It's a team that was blown out by the Bills. So, and I don't like doing that college football. Well, this team beat this team, so this team beat this team, so that team beats that team. But I think the Giants picked up enough momentum, enough positivity, even without Daniel Jones, whether he plays or not. Saquon Barkley's back. That makes a difference. Defense was better. Offense was better. 24-20 Giants over the Commanders. Uh, and it just feels, it just kind of feels right for the Giants to pick up their their second win, even though they've been embarrassed a few times, that feels like, to me, they're on the right track. Yeah, I, it, it, there's a little bit of that, too, that went into my mind. Like, it, it's time. I think they're going to pull it off this weekend. Like you said, second win. You know, Washington kind of had a shamrock up their ass last week. I think that gets taken out this week. And uh, Wink Martindale and Dayball stomp on it a little bit. What would that procedure be called? Is it a shamrockectomy? Is that what it would be I, called? I believe that would. I'm not sure the tools you would use because it's not that hard to get a shamrock out of there. So, you know, there's a whole toolbox of things you could use <laughs> to get that out. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we move on. Falcons and the Buccaneers. An NFC South clash. Bucks 3-2. and two. Falcons 3-3. Three and three. We'll know by then what the Saints have done. Panthers are the only team in the division you don't have to worry about. So the Bucks, a lot of talk. You know, Baker Mayfield said after the game, we sucked, I sucked. 
the Bucks have, you know, an even bigger chip on their shoulder after failing in their chance to really put everyone on notice that they're ready to contend. They've got the Falcons coming to town. Bucks favored by two and a half, over under of only 37. It's the lowest over under of the week. Who do you like? Well, there's another one, you know, well, yeah, division rival matchup of how the style the teams play. It's kind of intriguing, right? I, You know, I've, I've been singing Atlanta's praises all year. It's, it's the one thing we know when it came back again last week. We've only had really one game of solid play a quarterback for Desmond Ritter. I mean, that's it the whole year. All right. And and I look at this game and go, this is a game that's it's definitely going to be on his shoulders here. Right. I mean, you look at it and the Bucks they can stop the run. It's Todd Bowles. He's a defensive coach. He's never going to let you run. He's going to overplay the run, if anything, to the point where you're like, why are you doing that? They're going all in on that that aspect so hard. So I don't think that's going to happen. If Atlanta wants to win this game, it's going to have to be with Desmond Ritter. And I, you know, again, the Bucks secondary is pretty good too. I think they can match up and cover these guys in Atlanta. All right. Now Atlanta's defense is damn good. We know that it, it is. Uh, but you know, the Bucks at home with the bad performance last week. And I mean, some plays that were there to be had that, you know, that's why Baker said he sucked. And that's why I love Baker. He just, he takes it like a man and says it how it is. You know, he had the going to have a 90-yard touchdown pass to Mike Evans, right? The ball gets tipped. It gets intercepted at the line of scrimmage, right? I mean, he's wide open. It's gone. He's gone. There was another two opportunities for bombs down the field that Baker missed. I, I think they're going to find the right blend in this game. I'm going to go with the Bucks to win this game at home, 20-17. to 17. I got 17-14, and it could be worse than that, I think. I feel like the Falcons need to have so many things fall just right, and I'm impressed that they're 3-3. Three and three. But it does feel like a weak three and three. The Bucks feel like a strong three and two. They've got more impressive wins than the Falcons have. And the Desmond Ritter factor in my mind is real. I still don't know how the hell the Falcons beat the Texans a couple of weeks ago. And to his credit, that was the one game Desmond yeah, Ritter played really right. well. This is one where the Bucks need it. The Bucs want it. The Bucs are the better team. The Bucs are the team that has all those guys holdovers from the Super Bowl championship team. Baker Mayfield trying to get it back on track. Just with sheer will, this is one the Bucks win 17-14. Right. Damn, I thought the last when, two, like, I didn't think you would take the Giants. I wasn't sure how you were going to take the Falcons and the Bucks. I'm actually, I, I thought at least. What do we disagree on so far? Do we have one? Detroit, Baltimore. One yeah. of the best games of the day is the only one we disagree on so far. All right, we'll see if we have any further disagreements. When this joint production of Chris Sims Unbuttoned and PFTPM continues, the late afternoon games on Sunday, including Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, get together in Kansas City. More PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly plus all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every single day download the app and use the promo code pft live when you sign up DraftKings sportsbook the crown is yours all right steelers coming out of their bye week 
going all the way across the country, taking on the L.A. Rams. Oh, there'll be terrible towels waving plenty at SoFi Stadium. It'll be 80-20 Steelers fans, I would predict. A rare visit by the Steelers to L.A., and we know Steelers fans are everywhere. Will it be enough? Will they play renegade at SoFi Stadium in the fourth quarter? Probably not. Chris, what do the Rams do against the Steelers? Well, you go ahead, Mr. Second Favorite Team on Earth, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Go ahead. You start this off. I alluded to this earlier. Aaron Donald doesn't get to play the Steelers very often. And, you know, I'm still not sure he's going to be with the Rams next year. The way his contract is set up, he could walk away without financial consequence or he could ask to be traded. Whether it's the Steelers, whether it's the Browns, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's the Bengals, I think he would like to be closer to Pittsburgh. That was the reason explained to me back when it sounded like he was thinking about retiring after they finally won the Super Bowl in L.A. I think he is going to have a hell of a game. I think the Steelers, no matter what they did during the bye week to try to make things better, that offense I don't think is going to be dramatically better. I think... Wow. I know. I know. Wow. Damn, this is disappointing. All the terrible towels going to L.A. They're going to revoke my terrible towel. They're going to revoke my terrible towel privileges. Rams 24-13 over the Steelers. I just feel like this is one of those weeks where, and that with the Steelers, you got to ride the roller coaster. And you got to project when the Boston meatballs will be very good or when the Boston meatballs will cause, you know, multiple bouts of, vomiting and uh, other things over the course of the day like you had on Monday. Yes. This is not a good pasta and meatballs week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is 24-13 range. Wow, I'm I'm shocked by that. I cannot believe it. Damn, you call yourself a Steelers fan. Who are you? Uh, I don't. No, you I, call me one. Well, cause, I don't. Because uh, you are, and you just won't admit it, okay? Everybody here at NBC I, Sports I am would classify you as just, a Steelers fan, just so you know. <laughs> just just so I'm clear on this, I, well, I'm what sorry. Are you clear about Terry. Yeah. <laughs> I I I have the benefit of the perspective of being around Pittsburgh my entire life. When I was a kid, the only team that was covered by the local paper was the Steelers. The only team covered by the local TV station was the Steelers. I've got my finger on the pulse of that franchise. I've had it there ever since I started. The first NFL game I ever paid attention to for crying out loud was the Immaculate Reception game. In December of 1972. So even though I've never been a Steelers fan, I understand what makes the Steelers tick. And I understand they're going to get their asses kicked this week. Chris, are you going to go Boston Meatballs Pittsburgh Steelers or are you with me on the Rams? No, I'm, I'm going with the Rams here. I am. I, you know, the, the Rams have a lot of similarities to the Steelers and their physicality, their grittiness, their toughness, whatever you want to say, right? The Steelers' defense worries me against the Rams. Not that the Rams' offense is like, you know, the greatest show on turf, but we've seen, I mean, they're pretty consistently surgical with Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. They got something working there. You know, we saw a run game last week. I know Kyron Williams is not going to be in there again this week, but either way, you know, they, they're going in the right direction in that department. I What I worry about in the game, you know, is just that, that uh, T.J. Watt and Alonzo uh, Highsmith are going around the edge, strip sacking and, and causing issues that way. That would be my biggest concern. My other concern is that, you know, maybe this is a week Pittsburgh can run the ball a little bit and make the game ugly. 
But the Rams' defense is really good. And because the Steelers' pass offense is so basic, Raheem Morris, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in football, and this will be personal for him because him and Mike Tomlin are best friends, that you know, he'll have a way to stop the run and be able to also figure out the Steelers' pass offense behind that. I'm with you. I'm going with the Steelers, I mean the Rams, excuse me, but in a closer game. I'm going to go 23-21 Rams. All right, next game on the docket, Cardinals at the Seahawks. Cardinals are 1-5. The Seahawks lost in Cincinnati to fall to 3-2, and two, coming out of there by Seahawks favored by 7.5 points with an over-under of 44.5. Do the Seahawks get to 4-2, and two, Chris? I expect them to, yeah. I, you know, The Cardinals, I think, will do what they always do. They'll kind of hang around, be a pain in the ass. They'll make a few plays. We're going to go, man, oh, whoa, you know, it's the third quarter. This game's still highly competitive. Uh, I, I I kind of envision it that way. The Cardinals, one of the better running teams in football. I don't think that's going to happen up in Seattle on the road, loud environment. Seattle's pretty good at stopping the run. Uh, I, uh, so I, I look at that and then I go, you know, Arizona's defense respectable, but just not enough players over there for me to pick them to slow down Seattle to the capacity they need to. You know, it, it feels like Arizona needs to win it, play a game 20-17. to 17. They need to win games like that. And there's just a little too much firepower on Seattle's offense here. And I think I'm going to play the, like the motivation factor of the fact that they got in the red zone five times last week, only scored one touchdown. They have too much talent up there to be shut out of the end zone like they were. Hopefully they can figure that out. But either way, I'm Seahawks are bouncing back 27-17. I got the exact same score. Wow. 27-17. That's twice today. Twice today. You know, I'm concerned about DK Metcalf. Uh-huh. Well, for all the money they gave him, he's 55th in targets. And you used to make this point about him, and it's something we make about other players. And we talked about it earlier today with Jamison Williams. You got to scheme to your best players. If you're going to pay him that kind of money, you got to use him. And all these penalties away from the ball, knocking the guy on his ass and drawing a 15-yard foul on Sunday at Cincinnati. He's got Pete Carroll showing to the room who the most penalized players on the teams are. And he's saying, I'm not going to change the way I play. He's defiant about it. And he just doesn't understand that just because the whistle hasn't blown doesn't mean you've got license to put a guy on his ass 40 yards away from the ball. The NFL is not going to tolerate that. Whether the whistle is blown or not, it's unnecessary roughness. There's no reason. The guy's not even trying to get to the ball, and you're just putting him on his ass because you can. Yeah, There's a maturity issue here, yep. and it's a problem. And somebody's got to get through to DK Metcalf or the Seahawks are going to have a problem. So hopefully, you know what? One way to avoid that, get the ball in his hands. Give him something else to focus on. Like all the times he's running and catching and doing things to help your offense. You don't want him to hurt you with penalties. Let him help you by using his freakish athletic abilities. So hopefully they'll do that for him and for them. I think they beat the Cardinals 27 to 17. All right. Packers at the Broncos. Packers. They coming off their bye. They're coming off their yeah, bye. Yeah, yeah, they had that bye after losing on Monday night to the Las Vegas Raiders. They're favored by one. The Broncos at home, one of the remaining games on the schedule that you could say, well, maybe they can win this and get, you know, get to two victories on the year. Packers trying to do anything to get some balance, to get some stability, to get some confidence. Who do you like in this one? Over under a 45, Packers at the Broncos. Chris. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the battle of the second worst offense in football versus the worst defense in football, right? That's, that's a little odd. 
right? And 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 I look at that and I feel like I want to give the advantage to the Denver defense. You know, even though Denver's defense is certainly nothing special, uh, I, I look at Green Bay's offense right now and I see, I feel like reluctancy maybe to open up the playbook in the past game because they don't trust Jordan Love and they can't run the ball to where you just go, oh, they can run the ball on anybody and that'll make Jordan Love's life easy. Again, I think the simplicity of the offense to a degree will really help out a, a, yeah, a bad defense in Denver to where they're going to be able to figure out some things there as well. And then, you know, you go back to, to Green Bay's defense, that hasn't quite been what I expected it to be either. You know, they got a lot of talent on the field. They do. I don't think they're playing up to their total potential here. And uh, again, Russell Wilson is certainly not great, but I, 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 there's things in this game that I like what I'm seeing. It's not horrible. It's not like last year. It's certainly not perfect. I don't want to say that. But I think this is the kind of defense Sean Payton's going to have a good game plan for, and he's going to be able to expose some things in what Green Bay does. I'm going to go with Denver here. Uh, like you said, I think the fact at home, they played pretty good last week on Thursday night, a little extra time, and a Packers team that I think is kind of trying to figure itself out still. I'm going to go Broncos 24-20. I got 24-21 Green Bay in this one. I don't have a ton of confidence in it. I think the extra time for Matt LaFleur and, God, he's just been so <laughs> exasperated. We've never seen him like this because he hasn't had a quarterback other than yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Right. It's very easy to be calm and serene when your quarterback's Aaron Rodgers. And you can just see the frustration. You can hear it. That game, what was it, when they were getting their butts kicked by the Lions Detroit, on Thursday yeah. night a few weeks ago, right after halftime, I mean, he was – he was beside himself. I think they spent a lot of time during the bye week focusing on starting faster, and he's going to have his plays ready, and they're going to hopefully will Jordan Love to try to score some points on that bad defense to try to get the Packers back in the win column. I think the Packers win, but this is not going to be a best bet for me. I could have gone either way on this one. I got Packers 24-21. All right, the, the big game of the late afternoon window, the nationally televised 425 p.m. Eastern kickoff, Chargers at the Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by five and a half. They've had a little extra time to get ready. The Chargers played Monday night. That's a disadvantage for them. But the Chargers, one of the few teams, one of the only teams, the only team in the AFC West that can compete with the Chiefs. Can the Chargers go to Kansas City and win this one? Five and a half is the spread. 48 is the over. Chris, who do you got? Over, under, excuse me. Who do you got? Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm going Chiefs here all the way. I, I am. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't trust the Chargers defense. It's bad, right? And – you know, even though the Chiefs' offense is not functioning at a level maybe that we're accustomed to, it's still a top-five offense in football, right? And they can do it a few different ways. And they're, I think this is a week where we could see them really put up some points here because of their ability to run. You know, I don't look at the, you know, Joey Bosa, is he ever healthy? No, he's not. The answer is to, to that, right? I think they're going to be able to protect Mahomes in this one. Uh, I think he's going to have his way in the passing game. I expect their offense to have their way, but the Chargers overall, I do. You know, I know the Chargers defense was better last week. I get that. But the Cowboys are like a kindergarten offense. They have like seven plays in their playbook. It's, so it's not that hard to defend them. This is a different animal. Now, on the other side, the Chiefs defense continues to be the star of the show like we've talked about. I mean, that was really impressive again last Thursday night against the Broncos. The Chargers – you know, have shown flashes of being able to run the football, but I, I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, they're going to do it. 
The other thing that worries me about the Chargers is, you know, they don't have a lot of separation receivers. You know, what, what I mean is they got big receivers, guys that are, okay, smart, and they got strong hands, and they might catch some 50-50 balls, but they're not going to pull away from people. Keenan Allen is the only guy who can – you know, pull away in that degree. And it's not like it's like a 70-yard bomb over your head. It's like he runs a 20, 15-yard in-cut over the middle and he's just a great route runner. It's not like he's beating you with pure speed or, or scaring you that way. I just don't think this is a great matchup for, for the Chargers that way. Uh, I'm going to go Chiefs 28-21. I wanted to pick more, but I guess I'm just a little scared by their offense and the way that it hasn't been as explosive, so the Chargers hang around a little bit. I'm going to give each team another field goal and make it 31-24. This is just one of those where, you know, the Chiefs still winning games even though their offense has not looked great, but they still find a way to win. They're getting better on the fly. They had that little extra time coming out of the Thursday night game to retool. Nicole Hardman will be back. I don't know that they'll use him right away. They may work him in slowly. They're desperate for someone other than Travis Kelsey to fuel the passing game. And, you know, they, it just feels like they're, they're trying to will Kadarius Toney into becoming something more than what he's been for them. Maybe Miko Hardman takes some of that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what reps he gets and who he takes reps and targets and touches away from. But for now, Chiefs, I think, good enough. Chargers teetering. That game Monday night was close. They could have won, but it never really felt like they were going to. Did it ever really feel like the Chargers were going to win that game? Well, I never got the impression they're going to take this one from the Cowboys. It always felt inevitable to me that the, Char that the Cowboys were going to win the game. There's just something about the Chargers. There's always something about the Chargers, and it just feels like if ownership knows what it's doing, there's going to be some big changes made after this season. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. You know, I do. And, yes, uh, and no, I'm, I'm with you that I, I never felt like they were going to win the game. And there's always kind of a part of me that, that honestly, I don't even like saying this, but I always go, they're going to do something to screw this game up. You know, they're going to listen to analytics. Oh, okay. Analytics that, again, I've never heard him say, don't go for it. It's, I've never heard of it. And, and it says, go for it every time. I saw it. It's, it's an amazing analyzing. Gosh, go for it. I analyzed it. It says, go for it. I don't know. Last time I checked, they could have been up 13 to 10. My analytics say that's better than 10 to 10 in that game. So what the fuck you got to say about that analytics crowd? I don't know. You know, I'm just sick of that shit altogether. Fuck off analytics. So we'll see how the Chargers play this week. <laughs> Let's take a break. When we return, primetime games for week seven, including the game of the week. And we're not just saying that because it's the NBC game. Dolphins at the Eagles. We'll do that next year on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook, this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Are, are you done? Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> you put a little extra into it, trying to be better no than me. No-sweat, same-game parlay. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> All right.
All right. And regardless, that's what you do. Sign up, unbuttoned, or PFT Live. Your choice. Not that it matters to either of us. Which <laughs> sign up coach Not that it matters. Can All we right, find that out? Let's Dolphins. see if analytics can help us out with that one. Maybe that should be a good thing for next week. Let's see who gets more. I mean, you're going to get more. I know that you have a way bigger following than me, but it would no, be fun. No, 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 no. I don't. But I don't. This is a conversation for you off the air. This isn't. There's no PFT deal. It's just a PFT live deal, not a PF. There's no PFT deal yet with anybody, and there may never be. Let's see how it goes. Let's get to <laughs> what the Sunday night game. Oh, I Dolphins. Just we Mikey, don't give there. it away free, baby. <laughs> Mikey, don't give it away free, baby. Dolphins at the Eagles. Eagles favored by two and a half points. Over under of fifty two. Highest over under the week. Both teams five and one. Chris, I, I'm kind of hoping we disagree on this just to make Sunday night even more fun than well, it already is. Go ahead, you have? jerk. You want to go first on this one? You want to go? You want to lead this off here? Can I trust that you are going to not just take the opposite of what I do? Let me find my picks here. I've actually forgotten who I picked. Oh, here I am. I have it. You're have asking it. me if it. you could trust it. me, huh? Okay. I have it. I have it. Here yeah. we go. Here we go. Eagles 28-27. Getting right to it, baby. <laughs> okay. The Eagles, after what happened against the Jets, you know, they've been flying a little too close to the sun on wings of pastrami. They've been playing games where they weren't dominant. They've got a great opponent coming to town. I think they'll have a great plan in place. Vic Fangio, who consulted with the Eagles last year, is now the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, and he – as we are doing this show, is doing his weekly press conference. And I kind of get the feeling that he acknowledges maybe they got a little bit more out of the relationship last year with Vic Fangio working for the Eagles because what he was actually helping with was the offense. You know, every once in a while you'll see a team bring in a defensive guy to help the offense better scout itself and deal with its issues. And you're naturally going to pick up some stuff from Vic Fangio that way. And now all of a sudden you're going against the Vic Fangio defense. I think that Jalen Hurts will have taken very personally what happened against the Jets. I think the Eagles will be more determined, more focused, and it just kind of feels like it's time for the Dolphins to take a little step back. Look, that game that they play works very well at home. Yeah. I don't think it travels as well as it holds up when they're playing in Miami. You put all that together, an elite team on the road – Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. I'm splitting the, the baby here. I'm threading the needle. Dolphins get the cover. Eagles get the win, 28-27. And I'm trying to, to will into existence. You know, Aaron Rodgers talks about manifestation. I'm trying to manifest a great game for everybody. Yeah, I, I think we'll have a great game no matter what. I am picking the opposite. I'm going Dolphins. I am. Yeah, I'm just going to go with, you know, what I've seen throughout the year. And I've seen an Eagles team that has not played its best football. I'm with you, and it, it scares me that maybe last week will be a wake-up call. I get that. But this is a different animal. And I think what I look at, too, I, I thought of Vic Fangio and that whole element, which you were talking about there, too, right? Fangio, I think, is going to have a pretty good feel for their offense. I do. And, you know, they have some big people up front where I look at it and go, they can hang in there. Right and and do that and do some things in the in the secondary. I think to limit the success the Eagles have in that department. The Eagles are kind. They're a little bit simple in their pass game, and they don't need to be too extravagant or or anything crazy in that way. Um, but either way, you know, I, I look at that, and then 
I'm kind of playing more the angle of where, like you kind of said, Dolphins take a step back or whatever. It feels like a time to lose. I feel like this is going to be a moment they're going to kind of show, no, no, it's we're here. We're real. We're one of the best teams in football. I think they're going to step up to the challenge here. And it's been a, a Eagles defense that we know is good and dominant. But I do look at that as being a hair simple on that side, too. Uh, I, I think the Dolphins are going to move the ball on them a little bit. I'm going to go 27-24 Dolphins. All right. Well, we disagree, and we'll get to disagree on Football Night in America. We're the only two who have our picks made three days in advance, and we do reserve the right to change them, barring a dramatic change in circumstances. But I have a feeling when you see us on Sunday night, we will be making these same picks. Monday Night Football, Vikings at home. See, I fixed I almost said Vikings at 49ers, but I stopped and I said Vikings at home. See, now it would have been even better if I hadn't stopped everything to point that out. 49ers favored by seven over under 44. Pete's telling me let's go, which the devil on my shoulder is saying, just keep it slow just to fucking piece Pete off. 49ers minus seven. Who do you like, Chris? Well, I, of course, I like the 49ers. I mean, again, and, and coming off a game like, like last week where they certainly could have won but didn't play well. You know, self-inflicted mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. Purdy looked like crap. You know, elements won't be a part of this altogether. Vikings defense, of course, is better. I just don't think there's enough talent on that side of the ball. The offense of the Vikings is really what I worry about. No Justin Jefferson, right? It didn't look that great last week. It certainly hurts them without him. Uh, I don't know if there's enough offense or answers there to stress that 49ers defense out. I'm going to go 49ers 30-17. to Yeah, I got 35-21. Look, the only question I have about this game, because we know that when the Vikings are on a Sunday-to-Sunday schedule, Kirk Cousins doesn't work on Tuesday. When it's Sunday-to-Monday, does he not work on Tuesday? Does he not work on Wednesday? Does he not work on both days? I don't know. That's the only question I have. Uh, all other questions are resolved in favor of the 49ers going in there and kicking this shit out of the Minnesota Vikings, 35-21. to 21, And it might not be that close. The Vikings are overmatched against this 49ers team. And the worst thing that could have happened to the Vikings was this, the 49ers losing on I Sunday. hear that. Because I guarantee you Kyle's been up their ass all week long and the 49ers are going to, in prime time, destroy the Minnesota Vikings. I know it's coming. It's not an emotional hedge. It's a reflection of reality. The 49ers, still one of the best teams in the NFL. And the Vikings, not. Taking a break. Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton returns right after this. Best bets time. Chris Sims Unbutton, PFTPM, Joint Mega Picks Podcast. Our three picks per week against the spread. We're getting better. We weren't very good early in the year. Can we continue the momentum? Chris, you're up first. Well, I'm going to go with the 49ers first. That's the first one that jumps out to me. That was that would be the maybe my pick of the week, really, altogether. Uh, but, yeah, seven-point spread. I got them winning by 13. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a little bit more than that. I feel comfortable with that. I'm going 49ers. Yep, 49ers was one of mine as well. I was going to save it for the end since it's the Monday night game, but I think the 49ers, as I said earlier, are going to kick this shit out of the Vikings. All right, who else you got? Yeah, I don't love a lot of the best bets this week. The next one I'm going to go to is the Bills with the nine points. You know, I picked 28-17, but I just I, I'm going to go, I, you know, I'm probably low in that altogether, right? And I'm just going to pick the team there that I know is better than the other one for sure, and I think will be motivated by a lackluster depart, uh, uh, you know, performance last week. I'm going Bills. 
Well, the slot machine has landed two for two. The Bills were my second one. Now, let's see if we go three for three. You want me to go on this one? Yeah, I'll go, on go this ahead. One. Go so ahead. you don't think I'm just mirroring you. Yeah. The Chiefs giving five and a half to the Chargers. Okay. I think the Chiefs are going to win at least by a touchdown at home. I thought about that one. I did. But, yep, we're not going slot machine here because I'm going Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yep, that'll be my next one. That's what I'm going with. That was. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. That was. That was great. Awful. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with I, them. I, yep. Hey, I, I've I've picked them against the spread. I just think the Eagles will win by one point. All right, give me the one team. The one team. If you were dying in a gutter and you had one team straight up, which team would you take well, this week? Well, who are you going to go with here this week? You got one that jumps out. Seahawks. Seahawks. Against the Cardinals at home. Can't see them losing to the Cardinals at home. They already lost to the Rams. I'll home. go with the Bills over the Who Patriots. That's the one I'll take. All right. That's it. That's Enjoy it, the baby. Games, all 13 see of them. Ya. Sunday Night Football, Dolphins, Eagles. Bye. Peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.